from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a tabletop-inspired, storytelling, world-building, and character creation podcast powered by listener prompts. And every week we create the greatest story of all time. That's right. We create Field of Dreams. Is that, that's the, I mean, you're not wrong. Just crying thinking about it. Beautiful story. The, the Shoeless part, Joe. Wait, is that really? I've never seen the movie. Uh, yeah, Shoeless Joe's in it. What, is he an actor? No, he's the famous <laughs> yeah. baseball player. He he, he, is he threw real through the world. Yeah, Shoeless Joe. No, oh. Aaron, we're gonna play. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? We're starting out right the gate with a mini game of all my fancy children. Um, is it what is Field of Dreams about? No, I, first, I, who is Shoeless Joe Jackson? Shoe. Oh boy, Shoeless Joe Jackson was apparently a famous baseball player. He was. That is correct. In the 1940s, that uh, was famous because one day he went on the field without his shoes, and everybody like thought it was really great. But he was like, "No, I can beat the new uh, the New York Bombers. What are they called? The Astros? The Brooklyn Bombers? Brooklyn." Dodgers, I think it was the Brooklyn yeah, Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers, yeah. Yeah, I can beat the Brooklyn Dodgers without my shoes, and they threw a perfect game. Okay, so you actually did get some details right. Hell yeah. Uh, he was a famous baseball player. He did famously play with no shoes on. Oh, wait, all the time? Yeah, that was his trademark. He didn't He didn't wear shoes when he played baseball. That's a lot for that was me. His, that, was his, that was his famous trademark. Uh, he's actually famous for throwing the, I believe it's the 1917 World Series. Uh-huh. The 1917, we're going to talk about the 1917 World Series scandal, which was um, a scandal. It was actually the scandal that uh, it led to the creation of the first ever uh, baseball commissioner, uh-huh. uh, a man by the name of Kennesaw Mountain Landis, which is a very All My Fantasy Children name. What was it? Kennesaw Mountain is his first name, Landis. <laughs> That's fake. <laughs> okay. So tell me about um, oh, Kennesaw Landis. In Kennesaw his, Mountain Landis. In his most concise way possible, please. So um, what happened was a group of players conspired with essentially organized crime. Oh, that is so uncommon. To uh, throw the 1917 World Series. Like they were in the World Series, they had made it there, and then they conspired with the mob and were basically paid off by the mafia to throw the World Series, the biggest game in baseball. They were, they, they, they purposely lost. They bet against, and then they bet against, they bet against themselves, and the Mafia bet against them. And then they threw the series. Dang. That's this, evil. This, yeah, it was a huge controversy, because, like, uh, like, what the fuck? And they had something that had never happened before, so they had to install a commissioner to rule on what happens if eight players, eight players, but there's an asterisk on that, uh, like, like bet against themselves and intentionally lose yeah like what's the fucking pete rose or whatever yeah fucking piece of shit <laughs> well pete rose bet on himself is the difference but we that's what we know we know we yeah. we we think that he did 
Right. You know, who knows? For it's one sure. of those, like, we. there's no way of knowing because he could have bet against his own team and made a ton of money. But so the, the asterisk is actually is involves Shoeless Joe because there's been legitimately like a hundred years of sports debate looking at the records, looking at his play records, looking at his plays in the 1917 World Series about whether or not Joe Jackson was involved in the conspiracy to lose the World Series or if he just played kind of shitty that day. I love that so much. <laughs> like, it is up in the air whether or not he actually, like, knew about it. It is up in the air whether or not he was involved in it. And it was up in the air whether or not he played to the best of his ability in the World Series. I'm obsessed. Which is that this is the thing that is getting me hyped up this week because uh, I am not, like, a big sports buff by any stretch. More than me. But, like, you fucking but, like, watch basketball. That's fair. I do. That's fair. I've become a sports buff. Yes. Which is an unexpected twist. Aaron, you knew me in high school. Um, hey, no judgments here. No, no, never. not at all. But it's still an unexpected twist. Yeah, you were someone who would say like sport ball back in the day. I was a sport ball guy. And now I, <laughs> but like weird bits of sports history like that are the most fascinating thing in the world to me. I've been listening to a lot of the 30 for 30 podcast. Yeah. I'm obsessed. It's a it's an interesting thing because it's such an entertainment medium. Like it's an entertainment industry that tends to be like super corrupt and evil. Oh yeah, and there's just like like the the thing that super interests me both like in a game to game sense and in like the broader cultural sense is just the stories that come out of it. Like the stories that come out of each like games and teams and leagues and like things like that are just so fascinating to me. Yeah, and they always have like they always for me, they always lead me down the road of like, ooh, that's a fan that's fantasy as fuck. Like mm -hmm. that what you just described is the most fictional, like you could twist that into like two armies with a traitor or something like mm -hmm. that, you know, or two factions. And I love it. That's why I love like weird sports stories, but they always seem larger than life and like thriller yeah. movies because they often are they go that deep. When it's like, oh, sure. oh, something was super corrupt. It's like, no, there really were, like, shady people rubbing their hands together behind the scenes. Yeah. Aaron, what's getting you excited this week, Aaron? What's getting me excited uh, this week is um, one of my friends, uh, Neil, has had, and his wife, Sam, had have two kids now. They're very young, and I love them. And I've gotten to hang out with them a lot. I'm going to watch the Super Bowl with them tomorrow. And I love, I think I like little kids a lot. Um, okay. I'm watching, well, because like something I've never experienced is watching babies turn into toddlers and like learning how kids like absorb information and like literally watching their computers develop of their brain. Like, yeah, right. Watching them turn into people. It's wild. It's like truly mind boggling when like, wow, you're starting to mimic. You couldn't mimic me like four months ago. And yeah. it's like, it's just really fun and watching things grow. It's just a lovely, it make, it brings me a lot of joy experiencing like the wonders of parenthood that like I get to kind of enjoy temporarily. It's getting me excited. And the nice thing is that then you get to leave. I kind of, yes. You know, I am not ready for that kind of thing, but uh, it's nice to just visit, you know, it's yeah, nice to visit sure. that world and then head back and sit at my computer for 12 hours. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. It's getting me very excited because I like... I don't know. It's really fun. Like, uh, you know, the son only calls me Onion because he can't say my name. So I'm like, Onion! I'm like, fuck, yes, I am Onion. And it's getting me very excited that a little kid has learned my name at two. That's very cool. I'm into that. Yeah. Um. So you want to make the, you want to, you want to do this thing? We're doing something a little different this week. Yeah, let's do it. Um. So we are going to play a game this week. What? We're a tabletop podcast. I know. And we're going to play a proper game this week because, uh, 
a game that you actually, Aaron, brought to my attention a few months ago. Like, Indeed. And it is a world-building game. It is specifically a city-building game. So we are going to play, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic? A city-building story game by Caro Assertion. It, it's, I love it. I'm obsessed. The idea of, like, making cities, obviously, is something we love on All My Fantasy Children. Yeah. Um, and it's like a, it's a fun thing to, like, we started with Pyrrhether Guild and look what happened. Like, I always think it's a fun way to build a world is just starting with one single city. Cause you can always go like, well, what else, what else has this world in store that's different than this one? Yeah. And I'm hyped. And so like, uh, this is a city building game. It is currently on Kickstarter. You can find a link to that in the show notes. Uh, go back the game, help make it a reality. Cause it's a very cool and neat and interesting game. Yeah. Hey everybody, everybody. This, this is Jeff, Jeff Stormer, Stormer from, from the, the future. future. Uh, we goofed, uh, I goofed, specifically Aaron is uh, f- uh, faultless in all things, as always. Yep. <laughs> uh, turns out the Kickstarter isn't actually live for, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic yet? I saw the Get Notified link and I thought it was live, but you can still find that link in the Kickstarter. Once the Kickstarter is live, that link will be the Kickstarter link. And in the meantime, you can get notified when the Kickstarter goes live. Check that in the show notes, that'll be there. Back, Back to the, to the show. show. Um, so we'll be playing this. We do have a prompt that we're going to kind of use as an anchor to kind of inform some of these early questions, and then we'll kind of flesh out neighborhoods, landmarks, people, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Aaron, would you like to give us this prompt? Prompt this week comes to us from our Discord, Princess Semarine. Prompt, the city that waits. That's very good. Good. I'm it very is. into that. I love me some vague prompts, and that's a wink to all of you out there. Vague prompts are easy to fill in the blanks. <laughs> so uh, I think we'll so we'll get into this, and here's where we'll start. We're going to do some basic, uh, like, ground setting, goalpost setting before we kind of get into the specifics of fleshing out neighborhoods and landmarks and all that kind of stuff. The three big kind of questions we want to talk about around tone and genre. When and where does the city exist? Who are the inhabitants and what themes about this city are we interested in? I think we can kind of turn these on the prompt to kind of like pull out just the little bits that we're interested in. And then we'll kind of flesh out the details. How does that sound? That sounds good. So uh, why don't we start with what themes we're most interested in? Because I think like we kind of have rough ideas of like when and where and who the inhabitants are because we're setting it in the world of fantasy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So like. What what jumps out at you, like, about this prompt? Not getting into any of the, like, I, they're not throwing out any ideas. Like, what is it about this prompt that feels cool, that, that, like, drew you to it? Um, The city that waits implies that something is coming. Uh, There's something, you know, there's something to be expected. If they're waiting mm-hmm. for something, it can be a person. It can be an event. It can be, you know, the city to revive. You know, mm-hmm. it could be, It's it, it has a lot of possibility to it. And it kind of is a nice blank canvas for, like, this city is alive and it gives a sense of community. Because if the entire city is waiting, that means everyone's on a similar wavelength. And I love that. I really like it because I love that there, along the same lines, there's a foreknowledge to it. Mm. There's a, there's a, there's a, you know, if you are waiting, then something is coming and you know it's coming. Yes. Right? Like, it is not... Like, waiting implies that you, that there is an endpoint that you know that by waiting here is going to come to pass. Yes, a catalyst will come that will change. You know, some every, something will change, for better or worse, or just neutral, but something is coming that will cause, like, an effect, you know? Yeah. It's not going to stay the way it is forever. So, uh, to get to the question of, like, so I think those are the things that I think are most interesting to us, right? Is the idea of, like... 
be like a city that exists on a certain like wavelength or plane or, or something like that. And the idea that there is something coming, something coming to this city, whether it is as small as a person or as large as some cosmic happening. But yeah. Something is coming. And like how the city addresses this oncoming thing or the things that kind of feel interesting to us. I love that. Yeah. So like time, that kind of brings us to kind of where and when I do we think that it is something it is the city that waits is more of a cultural thing where it is, you know, people are coming to this city. Do we think that that is a sort of uh, phrasing that implies a, a cosmic happening like we are hunkering down for the apocalypse or not maybe not that dramatic, but like something that broad or, or do you think that it's something where, where are you kind of feeling? Because that'll kind of give us a place that we can kind of punk this down in. So I like um, my my initial thought is a sleepy town that something like, you know, we use it's like the we used to have gold in these then parts and we don't have them anymore. And now the city is waiting for something to happen to bring them back to a former glory. Like an okay. old mining town type feel that's like it dried up and now the, the town is in this state of waiting for like okay. waiting for a hero, waiting for an event, waiting for, you know, gold to flow out of the falls Waiting for again. the next the next page to turn. Sure. Yeah, because they've been, I, I feel like stagnant is the idea that I get, like a town that's kind of in stasis or limbo or it's just stagnant. You know, where they're wait. If you're waiting, that means you're not actively going after it, but you're mm-hmm. waiting for something to come to you. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like that it's in the midst of like a dawning of eras. Yes, right? Like one it has is in- ended. Yeah. This is it's a, this is not quite post like not quite post apocalyptic, but almost in a manner of speaking. In that, like the like. The the age of the first age of this town has ended and the second age is moments away from happening and we're going to kind of see or maybe like tying into who are the inhabitants, maybe it has started to happen. Yes. Okay. Maybe because like there's a visual, there's a really specific visual. Um, You may have been here. You may. I mean, th- new, not to say New York doesn't have this it, like 10 times tenfold, but like there's a really specific Philly visual that. I forget if it was here when you were last here for PAX, but when last time you were here, did they install those hideous garish light panels around, like, the convention center in 13th and Market? Oh, the the lights that, like, light up, uh, like, what is it, 14th or something? Yeah, yes. like the big giant, like, yes, um, the yes. big giant advertising screens that blast Amazon commercials? That is correct. That's kind of what I'm picturing, is, like, this is, like, this very specific, like, uh, clashing and mashing of aesthetics and of like identities of like what was and what is and there's this very kind of like they're in the midst of like stapling one to the other and it hasn't quite meshed into it hasn't quite found that comfort space yet okay so i i have a that gives me a i have a question then because okay. if they're waiting and we're we're essentially saying, are they entering some kind of golden age, or are they leaving a kind of like a, a prosperous, booming <sighs> age? Because it can be a story of hope, where it's like you know a town that you know was that's what is it the prompt that's always waiting the city that waits the city that waits are they perpetually in a state of waiting like has construction began like you know how this happens a lot unfortunately we're like oh a lot of big projects start then they never finish. 
Yeah. And they're waiting for them to complete. They're waiting for whoever came to build these things, whether they're, you know, cosmic celestial beings who came and blessed them with greatness, and they're waiting for them to return to finish the job, or is it just like they're waiting for, I don't know. This is hard. So here's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And I think from here, we'll kind of get into the city to kind of flesh a lot of these things out. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling like the the phrasing like from what we've described, I kind of like the city that waits to not be necessarily tied to like the the layout of the city, the design, like the the big picture, like map of the city, so to speak. Yes. Or like but like because what it tells me is that like what jumps into my head and we're thinking about the I'm thinking about the inhabitants. I like the I like the transition of eras. I like that it's it's a new era is starting. They you know things are trans you know the world the, the city is transforming before our very eyes. But what I like about like what jump super jumps out at me is there's this uh, is both in what you were saying about like it being you know knowing something is coming as well as this knowledge this sort of foreknowledge. It all feels very long to me, mm. and I kind of love the idea that like this is. Maybe like just a town. We never really talk about time on all my fantasy children, but this is a very like long lasting group, like group of people for whom like it's like, okay, great. Like we've like we've we they live for a very long time in this and that and and it's that feeling of like they're very it, it is a city of like it's a very slow city because they are long livid. They are, you know, magically ageless and so it's the city that waits because they are simply so long livid okay you know the idea of like you know the idea of like um it's like the idea that there was there's a great meme that went around of like to your like when you think about the idea of dog years to you to you to your dog you are the ageless immortal yes you are the elf yeah absolutely i think it's like that where it's it's simply their time like their time frame is different than the world around them so oh. it appears that they are waiting because simply like things take longer right like yes. they exist they exist on a time frame of centuries where other people might exist on a time frame of years i okay i love this because some of my favorite tropes in fiction are one immortals because it's mm-hmm. something that like you know we as humans are fascinated with the idea of like if you didn't die you know, like what you could do, what that also means and the cost. It's like, you know, we always think about like vampires. If they're immortal, what one day they're going to be like floating in space when the world, mm-hmm. you know, dies or something. You know, just float in there, live in. And it's constantly this like, what if you could live hundreds of lifetimes? But this is different where it's a city that exists out of time. Yeah, I like that. And I like that because that makes it the city that waits, right? It feels like, like you can watch it for a hundred years and it seems like no one moves simply because, and then you get into the city and it's like, oh, wow, no, a bunch of things are happening. They're just not happening on our time, like time. It's a little bit Narnia. Very much Narnia. And I was just, it's it's, it's one of my favorite things is that, uh, that thing from that book where the time passing difference, where you leave the wardrobe and you're a kid again, but you spent 45 years in the wardrobe in Narnia. Yeah. I fuck with this so hard. Okay. And that's why it's the city that waits. It's simply it is a time dilated space. Okay. All right. Let's build out a city. Oh, God. That, so here's ugh. here's how this is going to work. We are going to explore it. We're going to start by exploring a neighborhood. This is we're going to lay some foundational things about the city. We've already kind of started to do this, but we're going to 
like explore a neighborhood and that's going to be sort of our centerpiece to the city around us and this is going to be kind of the way that the rest of the game flows great uh we're going to start by like we're going to start by so what's going to happen is i'm going to kind of lay out a few details about a neighborhood since i'm going to go first then i'll throw it to you you can flesh out a few more details uh you can also add uh like a landmark or something that is in the neighborhood you can kind of add, and then once we've kind of each added a thing, we'll decide if we want to take another another loop, if we each want to continue to add more stuff to this neighborhood, or if we are done with it and we want to move to the next thing. But this will give us sort of the flow of the game in a nutshell, and then as then we'll add other things. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. We're, yes, okay. 100%. So the neighborhood that I want to add to the to kind of what we were talking about is, like, something that I love is... If it is the city that waits, that – so, like, I want to add a detail that there is, like, a section of town of which there is, like – maybe it's, like, the – maybe it's, like, where the – like, a port side area, right? Like, maybe it's where shipping boats come in. Yeah. And it is um, sort of, like, these immortals – like, the immortals that live here are not the only people that live here. Okay. So like they're, you know, so you have these very, again, it's that kind of, that kind of clash of aesthetic that I was thinking about of like these buildings that are old and were constructed thousands of years ago and like beautifully upkept and crafted are like put next to places that people have built in like a lifetime. And like, so there's this aesthetic of like old and new and like, it's very like multicultural. And I think it's very interesting aesthetically. Yeah, Absolutely. The idea of, like, people come and they build something, and to these immortals who are moving just slower, you know, you, it's, it's, remember Futurama? Yes. The first episode of Futurama when you see when Fry's in the freezing tank? Oh, it's I, like yeah. that. Yeah. They see that, they see, you know, you watch the, you know, and it's seeing that kind of, like, it's kind of seeing that, like, mix of rhythms, right? It's the long, flowing construction of the city that waits alongside these ports and these businesses that pop up and then they go down and then they up and down and then there's the long slow construction of these beautiful like illustrious stone buildings that are a millennia old and it's this very like old and new and the mixing of peoples and time frames as it just it is uh what's the name of this place shoof um What's the name of this neighborhood? This neighborhood. It's the name of the the porch neighborhood? Yeah. Oh, goodness. It can be it's it's such a strange interesting thing cuz like it can be literally anything because this is a place whose culture exists outside of every other culture. Yeah. Or it would be like a blend of both old and new, like, you know, someone from Pre-Ether Guild would be there with someone with Truth and mm-hmm. they're technically in the same time frame now. Yeah, they like they're interacting, but then there's these immortals that seem to like just move slowly past you, almost like if you watch a sloth, so, right? So question, like just, question for you. Yeah. Is it just the people who move slower, or is it when you're within the confines of the... Is it Narnia? Like, when you're in the confines of this place, does time change? What's more interesting to you? Um, so for me, what's interesting is definitely the Narnia feel um, where it's a place that exists in a different... In a time... It, you experience time differently in the confines of this you know, place. We have a couple of those in the way, you know, in the way that like, you know, you go into the um the veil and the world is different. This is like time does not exist or it flows in all directions. Okay, so then what jumps out at me and uh, what jumps out at me here along the same lines of the clashing of aesthetic is that that means that you can come into the city 
build up a shop. Somebody from 400 years ago comes up, buys some fruit from you, goes off, you leave, like, and it's been a week, and that person from 400 years ago is just in the city. Can I name the city? Yeah. It's called Paradox. Sure. Love it. Um, Because what you've described is you if you can bring stuff in and leave with it, can you leave with it? Like, veil rules don't apply. You yeah, could, like, yeah, I think so. That creates, like, a really cool paradox type thing. Where it's like, you know, people from the past are bringing, buying products from technically their future and bringing them to someone else's present. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, within, within this, uh, within paradox, it's like, you know, the crops rules, like nothing, there's like almost no rules because not mistakes can be undone, but just in an agricultural sense, like things can be fixed. Like, if it's like, oh, we don't have that grain of, you know, rice anymore. It's like, oh, no, someone from 500 years, 5,000 years ago brought it, and we can mm-hmm. plant it now and cultivate it. Or cross it with our crops from 5,000 years in the in the future. Like, this is very heady and very wild, but mm-hmm. I fucking like this city that waits. And so the, the name of the region is Tidepool. Oh, yeah. Because it's where people come in. Like, the, you know, it's, it's very much like it's where people come in. It's where it's where people from all it's it's most present. I think like the time disparity is most present around this like port side market area. Yeah. Once you kind of get into the city, like, you know, it's that sense of like wherever you are is home. Yes. Like it's easy to forget. And, and but in Tidepool, it is you know, you're here and you're like, oh, fuck, that person was 5,000 years old. That person is clear. That person has a laser gun. Those are not present day. And mm. like you, you clearly get it. Like when it's, it's that feeling of when you first arrive in a place and you're like, this is different. And then so, and like, it's that it's, it makes like, it clicks to you that you're seeing a time paradox. Once you're in the city and you're living there and you're experiencing it, you can forget. But Tidepool is in and it's 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 a sight to see, right? It's a location, a destination because it's where you take in this reality of timelessness. Yes, where all it's like a I would think of like a bustling port where all these different cultures are mixing and meeting and like selling stuff, but if you swap the word cultures for people from different timelines. Yeah. Yeah. You know, eras. people from different eras are literally selling merch like selling things forming adventuring parties like you know if you were to form if you were to put your look lfg flag up in fucking in tide pool you would be like hi i'm here from six thousand years in the future and you're like okay my tank is from two thousand years ago and then my bard is from the present you know like that Mm -hmm. is dope to me but it i think it does have a culture shock feeling when you come in yeah is that the way is that the okay okay because we know us uh we know our lures we are ones to equate water and flowing to time. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to shy away from that. Now, I'm not okay. saying that like this is the chrono flow type thing, but I do like this theme and I want to acknowledge it. That okay. like water and is it an island? I think it's a I think it's a coast. Okay. Okay. Or like a I think it's on a shore. The whole city? Yeah. Or oh. like the city, like there's a like I think maybe the city runs inland from this like from this port. It can even be a region. Like it can yeah. be a fucking like continent, for lack of a better term. You know, this entire place out of time. Alright, so do you want to Aaron, would you like to create a landmark inside of Tideflow? Of Tide uh, Tideflow? The uh yeah. the port? Yeah. Or Tidepool. Tidepool. Yes. Um what, what just any kind of landmark? Yeah, uh, landmarks are the second. Landmarks are a thing played within an existing neighborhood. 
these will uh, neighborhood canon often will contain multiple landmarks. Like we can always come back to Tidepool and add another landmark later, but just to get a flow of how the game is going to work. So it's like you create a thing, I add some details ah, to it, like we just did. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to create a landmark, and then I will add some details to it. So a landmark um, would be new travelers. Like if it's your it's if it's your first time here, you know, if it's your first time to Tidepool or even to Paradox. I think there has to be like a welcoming committee, like something to ori. Is there some? Do you think that's? Is it like cheating if there's something to like orient you to the change, like a city guide? Is I there, don't think so. Is there a tour guide? You know, is there like a a center for like a welcome center? I like that. And, and here's what I kind of want to, if I can add some detail to that. Yeah, because we're we're one to have like mystical cities and stuff, but I don't mm-hmm. want this one to be like, and it's secretly dangerous. You know? No, I'm, I kind of like that there is. I kind of like that there is, like, a, a a guide to it, right? I'm picturing almost, uh, it reminds me of walking around Philadelphia, like, want, when you go into, when you cross uh, Independence Mall, and there's, like, the visitor center. Yes. And there's, like, people in old-timey dress there giving you pamphlets. Yes. And people will talk. And so I think maybe, I think maybe there is danger, but, like, there are people... There, you know, this is a place where people live. Like, there's danger. There's obvious danger, but there's. Pe- this is also a place where people live, and the reality of those kind of places is there are often people and organizations there to be like, "Hey, let's let me talk to you about like, okay, that how g- this works." That gives me a clearer idea of what I want it to be. So okay. I want there to be. There's a visitor booth. And yeah. There's a person behind it, and they're a little blurry. They're a little staticky. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like uh, the person. Have you ever played Mass Effect? No, but I've watched videos. Okay, so when you get to the Citadel, like the giant city, there's like a, you know, you talk, hello, welcome to the Citadel. Can I Mm -hmm. assist you today? It's something like that, and it's a person who exists in many locations of Paradox at once. Mm. So it's sort of like a visual, like, you know, like, you know, they're in so many sci-fi movies of like, how am I assist you today? Like a Jarvis. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And And it's a lovely thing. I think that is like the person in old timey gear, or they're in paradox like you know they're in an assortment of clothing from all sorts of timelines or they're just like a form a floating orb like navi or something and linked to the Mm -hmm. in uh, zelda who like there's a there's a form that can assist you within your time in paradox Mm -hmm. and i think that is like the landmark is when you get there it's like well you have to greet you have to greet the what what's it called uh i'm gonna say the conduit okay you have to greet the conduit and from all things the conduit is your it's your source of information yeah you can always trust the conduit, or can you? No, I don't know. It always sounds I, like we're going to be secretly, and it's secretly evil. <laughs> and so that's kind of, that's that's the game in a nutshell, is is here's how the game flows from here. At the top of each round, uh, one of us will be the guide. Uh, Aaron, would you like to be the first guide? I would. Okay. You're going to choose a compass, a broad thematic aspect of the city that you're interested in exploring during this round. Okay. Then... Each of us are going to add something to the city, either a neighborhood, a landmark, or a resident. Um, the, you you would go first okay. uh, to kind of uh, flesh out this idea. I can also go first if you would like. Flesh out the idea of what? Of like the <laughs> compass being the thing you're interested in exploring. So okay. hypothetical example, if you were to be like, I want to explore crime. I'm going to add a crime lord. And then and then. We each add an element. We can add multiple, like, we can go back and forth after we've added two and be like, do we want to add two more? And then after all of that happens, we will create an event, which is a thing that happens to the city. Okay. So, 
I want to uh, introduce the idea of like a city guardian. Like possibly, because if it's people from multiple timelines who come to this place and choose this place as their home, you know, this is Mm multi-generational people want to keep it safe. And I think there are like gigantic beings, you know, that keep the city safe, like a giant sea serpent that like swirls in the waters and like a dragon, a giant eagle that soars overhead. And like there are these primordial, gigantic, monstrous summon type beings that are of mysterious origin that are constantly like the guardians of the city. And they exist and their presence is both comforting and like glad they're on our side. Ha 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 ha. Because I don't know what we would do to stop them. Have you seen the gif of that cloud of fish? Yes. That. Yes. Where it's a cloud of fish and they're just kind of like, it's, it feels like, a, it feels like a graphic error, which I kind of like the aesthetic. Like you pointed out like a staticky person. I like the aesthetic that there's just kind of like glitchy shit. A haze, right? Like yeah. vapor weight, like, va- like a little bit of a vapor wave aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Where, like, the Guardians, these ancient beings, these immortal, eternal beings that, like, protect this city are just sort of, like, jagged clouds that, like, float through the city. And the conduit is this, like, glitchy, like, person fading in and out of existence that is just chatting with you about, like, okay, so here, so you're gonna see, here's a few, here's, like, three things you're gonna see that you're not gonna understand that you kind of just... It's better if you don't ask questions. And they're, like, kind of glitching in and out as this is happening. I like that that aesthetic is kind of there across the whole city. Is that because the city... Like, this? it's the city that waits. But, like, is it not... Is it barely held together? Like, is this place, like, barely keeping it together because it's such a difficult thing to maintain? I like that. You know, it. this is... I don't know what keeps the city in this time stream separate like you know this i think of like a parallel line like two parallel roads running but one Mm -hmm. the speed limit is like two or like not at all it's like you know it's all of them it's something outside of speed itself but like it's a separate timeline with a city in it what is holding it together uh would you like to create a landmark or resident to answer that question or would you like me to do that i want to see i want to throw it to you but i kind of you know yeah, I want to see what you're thinking. I have an idea, but I want. I also, I really want to throw it to you, Aaron. I'm gonna grab it, and um, I'm gonna lean hard into it and just really kind of throw a wrench in all of this. Oh Jesus, I'm ready. Are you it, ready? It was all the dream. It was all the dream. Um, I'm gonna throw out an idea, uh, a really specific notion that uh, this is this city. It is like on a shoreside. It is up against some mountain walls and deep underneath this, like it is, you know, I think like on the opposite side of a mountain range from like Moon Crescent. Okay. Because underneath this, like all the water flows downward into what we know as the Chrono Flow. Great. Like the rivers of the city like pour out, they pour into these like under these like pools that would look like, um, like not potholes, but like. You know, like the ground gives way and they yeah. go into these deep caves, like every river, every body of water, the ocean yeah. itself. And this is simply, this is the city that, that that sits atop, like where the water, where time breaks. I fuck with that. So the landmark that I want to add is, um, what's the, let me, let me think, let me, let me run through, let me, let me pull a landmark. Uh, this is near tide. This is, uh, played on the tide pool card and it is the, um, it is the waterways. Oh, baby. They are like, um, they have, they, they are simply like, 
uh, like grates, sewer grates, right? Like very ornately carved ones that are like welded, welded to the earth or welded to the concrete, like fused in and they never move. Mm. They're never open. They're never cleaned. And it's because like the water, once it starts to go underground and gain steam and heat and speed, well, then that water becomes incredibly dangerous. So the landmark is, you know, you go and you see the water, you see the water grates of paradox. I and love they're this. They're beautifully, they're immaculately, I think, I think they are art pieces. They are carved with like life stories of people who installed them. And it's because there were people that went into the caves that went underwater and were pulled down and washed away in time. And so they've simply built these water grates to be like, the water, once it passes this line, we don't touch it. We let it flow. Mm. And they've carved these, they've turned these art pieces almost into tributes to the people that are not here anymore and never were and will always be. I love this. It, it gives me this really cool feeling of like, the town is waiting because they know that any time the other shoe might fall and like, mm-hmm. you know, if another, say there is a sinkhole in town mm-hmm. and like you get lost in time and like people are kind of just know that they're living, like you said, kind of at like on a knife's edge, they're waiting for something else to happen. You know what I mean? Like something, mm-hmm. I think the ha- thing that could happen is like the town could sink or like, you know, those, those someone could rip those open. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, they live in this, they, they live, it's like living near a volcano. You know, yeah. you have this incredible, like, soil, anything can grow, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, it, there are advantageous things, but it's like you run the risk of a fucking volcano exploding. Mm-hmm. You know, you live in this area outside of time, and you can learn from generations in the future and learn things and, you know, and, you know, take things out. And I think it's like once you go in, you know, you can't fuck with the timeline. You know, yeah. you can't fuck with the timeline, and it's like... To be, is it like you forget everything once you leave, you know, or is it like people are let in? It's like you, do you forget everything once you leave? You know, because you could literally destroy time. And I know I'm branching out. No, I, I don't. I, I, I think branching out is good, especially as we're like hashing out details. I think that you, fuck, that's really cool. Like, there's a very cool aesthetic. Like, and it ties really nicely into the aesthetic. Yeah. That like, you don't forget, but it's st- like, it stops me. Like, it doesn't make sense. Mm. You have the memories, but they they almost degrade. Ah, I got it. They glitch, like yes, they get glitchy, yes, right? Yes, like, yes, yes. Like the whole city has this kind of glitchy aesthetic, like it shouldn't be here. So like, as like you have memories, you're like, yeah, I was at the market and then there was a guy with a laser? That doesn't, know. Yeah. That can't. And like, when you think about it, like that person with the laser gun, like starts to like fizzle out of your brain and you're like, that doesn't make Maybe it's yes to keep itself safe to keep to keep the city going to keep paradox running. It's like you kind of can't create one because if you were to leave and be like, yo, we get laser guns in the future. Like, you know, but it's once you leave, you're like, I was it's like the Narnia feel. You're like, I like Narnia people know they were in Narnia. And they're like, I remember everything. This is like I was in a town and I I saw I made friends. I had a life like you. Okay pitch for you you go into paradox in your own timeline because it exists Mm -hmm. at all times you know what i mean no matter where you are you can visit when you leave you have to go back to your own oh yeah yeah you you're 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 there for minutes at a time yes and so you can't like travel to the future you can only go back to your own and your memories are staticky and foggy yeah 
I love. It's very dreamlike. Yes. It's like entering a dream and then leaving. And I like this because it's like, and it has to be that way or else like, you know, everything is destroyed. You know, you'll have like yeah. the Terminator, you know, paradox running through your story where it's like, wait a minute. Like, you know, who went back in time? It's like, no, you can't travel back, but you can meet people and you mm-hmm. can, you know. Have these experiences. And it gives me this very sad image of like people who are looking for like lost loved ones. They're like, well, maybe they went to paradox. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I can find them in Paradox. Like, maybe I can meet a relative of, like, mine from ages ago in the past in Paradox. And, like, if you can't find them there, it's like, oh, I guess they're gone. Which is sad. But, like, I'm just thinking of sad shit, as I well, do, as well, I want to do. <laughs> well, Aaron, it is your turn. I'm going to throw you a prompt. Okay. Uh, Introduce me to a resident of Paradox that is looking for a lost loved one. Because a, a, a resident in, uh, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic? Um, involves a title, like a person, a name, a name, a title, like who they are, and a small vignette, which tells a little bit about like who they are. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. But also I have a pitch for you. Go for it. Is this where people go when, um, Dusk Seabreeze locks them out of time? Yes. Okay. That's all. Because it, it, it gives me this feeling of like, not that it's like some kind of prison, but, like, we've talked about, like, where you go if you're outside of time, if you're, like, written out of time mm-hmm. and, you know, they they snip the film, you know, and your your screen goes black. But it's, like, you don't go – you don't just, like, vanish. And they lock yeah. away secrets and, you know, you hide things. You hide murder weapons. You hide money from, you know, people. And you hide people and stories and times – like, timelines themselves can be locked here. I feel like it kind of gives me this feeling of – do you remember the planet in a Thor – Apocalypse, the one with Jeff Goldblum? Yes, the Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Sure. That junk. Where stuff is just like falling the, into. Yeah. Yes. It gives me that kind of feel, except not quite like a junk planet, but mm-hmm. like just a place outside of time where time goes, where you can visit. It's just, if it exists out of time, that means it's ex- outside of Dust Seabreeze itself. I know we're getting mm-hmm. heady, but it makes me think of either people like Papa Never Farts. Madame Mysterious Father would go there to look mm-hmm. for his wife to be like, she was an adventurer. She died finding the secret. You know, maybe she's maybe she's just in paradox, and you know I could find her. You know, or you know Samuel Gore, did he ever visit there looking for his lost love? You know, mm-hmm. and things like that. Does Peppy Gord go back there to look for you know her parents? You know what I mean? Things like that. It gives yeah. me, but one specific resident, or should I just? I, I like the idea of just. I think. Is that I good think enough? that's perfect. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's perfect. It's pretty it's pretty open ended, but like that gives us a very clear picture that there are people walking around like looking for people that they lost because they've heard about this city and who knows, they might be here. Yeah, it, it gives me this feeling of like a city, even though they're not ghosts, but like a city of ghosts where like you can disappear here. You know, you can go there and like exist for millennia and then tumble back out. Mm-hmm. Like, you, if you ever need time away, or like, I'm super fucking stressed out, you could adventure. Is it hard to get to? Oh, for sure. It's yeah. outside of time, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives me that feeling of, like, people, like, it's a city of ghosts. Like, you go there to, people, everybody who has, everybody who goes there has a reason, has a story for going. It's like, there are people who just stumbled into Paradox. There are some people who looked for it. And there are some people who went to it in search of other people or things or like, you know, my, my grandmother's lost brooch. You know, mm-hmm. it maybe maybe I can find it there or I can maybe find a merchant who found it 500 years ago and buy it off of them. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is a fun 
plot tool in a tabletop campaign. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like this this place outside of time where things can be found that are lost. Yeah. Okay. I, I, is that a good? Is that good? Yeah, that's great. That's <laughs> fantastic. Like, I know this is like huge, grand ideas, and I'm like, who's this work? Yeah. So can we? I think I think for time, let's create. I would like to create one more thing. Absolutely. Then we'll do an event, and then we'll wrap up. Love it. Or then we'll do the the end game, and then wrap up. Cool. Because I want to really introduce another neighborhood, taking a phrase that you used, like, and also exploring my own my own tiny compass is, uh, like the people that live here. You know what I mean? Like the people that choose yeah. to stay that, that aren't here for a visit, they are here to live here. I'm so interested in them both because like they have chosen to live in this place forever, but also because you said it's dangerous. So I'm picturing like the neighborhood of Knife's Edge. Oh, baby. That is like among caves, right? It's along the wall of the mountain. Ooh, love that. And like water is dripping down from various like streams and things. And that water is picking up speed and heat and steam and is starting to power the chrono flow. And like there's this this neighborhood of uh, uh, there's this very old neighborhood where people have settled and they live here amongst the like the most volatile place in the city. Mm. Why is it volatile? Why is it? Why? Because the water, the water, like they are, um, they are not, they are further in to the caves of the chrono flow than like, than anyone else. So is it like if you get close to it or touch it or drink it, like, is it bad? <sighs> I don't, I, I think it can My only be. question was like, what's the danger of living near it? I think it, it I think it, it can, it can be bad. I don't think it's necessarily bad, mm. but I think it can like pull you out of, like pull you, scatter you across a thousand years. Okay, I love that. Like tumbling into it is yeah. is to travel through time. Yeah, in a rapid, like it's a whitewater yeah. rapid of time itself. It is yeah. a physical manifestation of time. Yeah, and the and and like among the caves is where it is most potent. Mm. And I think that is Knife's Edge, where like people live, and that's where people like live, like li- like it is homes and houses. I love it. To live near that is dangerous, and you, you know, if you have bad intentions, especially, you know, you could do lots of fucked up shit with the physical manifestation of time. And I think that the people that live among them, I think it's 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 populated by like the conduit and the protectorate, right? Which are with the protectorate is the name I'm giving to the creepy glitch things that wander the city, right? Ooh. Like it is it is place it is it is specifically populated by those that that inhabit inhabited this place for so long that they have started to take on its qualities i love it are they beings that have drank the water if you yes. drink the chrono flow do you become a like do you become you become outside of time i think so i think when you drink it when it is at its hottest and most uh most volatile oh i love that you kind of yes okay and that was the first that's kind of like I like this idea of, like, that's the landmark is, like, this area where it's, like, oh, that's where the protectorate and that's where the conduit are. And, like, mm-hmm. don't go there because those those beings exist now. Like, they are something else, you know, and, and it's not – And it's it's a it's – a, I'm glad they're on our side, right? Like, the conduit's there helping you. The protectorate is, like, keeping people from hurting things. And so I don't even think it's a fear thing. No, not at all. I think it's a respect Yes, thing. yeah, where it's like you don't go there. That's their home. You said That's they live on Knife's Edge. That's their home. Like, yeah, it's it's we let we let them live on Knife's Edge. And they keep what they keep the chrono flow from flooding over from the caves. And in exchange, like they, you know, we let them, we give them their privacy because in a lot of ways, 
they gave their life for Paradox. Yes. my As soon as you said that, I was like, perhaps, like, everything that's old, old, like, if that concept even exists, it's like the sewer grate, the ornate mm-hmm. thing, that was created by the, the conduit and the protectorate. Mm-hmm. When, God, old, like, you can't even... Millennia ago. It's beyond comprehension. Yeah. Like, when in the future or the past or whatever. But all the things that keep denizens of the town safe were made by the conduit and the protectorate. Because they love the air, they love this place. It's an act yeah. of love. It's an act of care. Where it's like, oh, yeah. we will keep you safe from tumbling into the chrono flow. Yeah, and so you can exist it. outside of time. Fuck. This is cool and heady and weird, and I really dig it. I love magic cities. So, uh, do we want to end on an event? Yes. Okay, Aaron. Uh, I'm gonna ask for. Well, we're, we'll do event, and then we'll do some end game stuff, and then we'll wrap. Okay. We're about 50 minutes now. Probably about 48, which is good time. Yeah. Okay. We're going to just kind of lay out – I have a pitch for something that happened okay. in the past, in whatever that means. Okay. And then – so then just from a gameplay perspective, what's going to happen is we are going to take on a voice of the city, which is one of – not necessarily a specific person, but like one of the perspectives of the city. Okay. So we'll each either ask a question, state an opinion, or show a consequence of the event, as happened years ago, millennia ago, ages ago, eras ago – in the future, whenever it happens. And you have a pitch, you said? Yes. Okay. We've talked a lot about, like, protecting the city from the floods of the Chrono Water. Yes. That means it probably happened once. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yes. That's that's the event that I want to explore, is, like, how the city, how this city outside of time reacted when time flooded the city. Fuck. Fuck. Aaron, would you like to, would you like to ask a question, state an opinion, or show a consequence? Uh, I would like state an opinion, like of a person yes. in the city. Uh, you can articulate a belief or position that people in the community hold about that event. Okay, I, I have one. I have one. It's an okay. interesting one. I, I think it's interesting. Um, an opinion would be someone being like, "I, it for one second, was not scared because the protectorate was here. Mm. I did not fear for one millisecond because of the protectorate." I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, I want to pose a question, and this is not one that is answered directly. Okay. This is sort of just a broad question of, like, how did it, how did, like, how did the chrono flow water change when it was, like, open in the air and just, like, flooding through the streets? Like, you know, we kind of said that the part of the chrono flow is that it's underground, it's in these caves, it's hot springs, it's geysers. What happens when that, when that is just out in the air? Like a fog. Yeah, and what happens when that water flows back into the sea? Fuck. Do we? Are, and, and that's that's it. And then we've we've kind of, uh, we've kind of we can opt to. I think that's pretty. No, that's actually pretty much it. We can choose to change things within the city when that happens. But I think the idea that this is already something that has happened. Yeah. I think we're seeing the city changed. Yes, one hundred percent. That the the fog rolled in, the waters crashed, but the protectorate you know, did its, did its work. Yeah. You know, I don't think they've, no one's ever seen the protectorate kind of do anything until that moment. They're like, oh, we're safe. They're here. You know, they, they fly all around us. They swim underneath of us. They live in the caves. And then finally, like, you know, Emerald Weapon woke up and it was like, oh, cool. We're all, we're all good. Fuck. I love it. Love it. Dang, this is a good game. And then that's and then that's it. That's game. Fuck. I love the city of Paradox and I love this game. Um, dang, and that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Can we, I gotta give a huge shout out to, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic? A city building game by Caro Assertion. 
that's fucking awesome. You can find it at seaexcursion.itch.io. This is bomb. Um, and thank you so much, uh, Princess Simmerine, for your prompt. Yeah, this was this ruled. This um, was amazing. If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for a show so that we can make dope cities, you can make them. And there's a lot of ways you can do them. We need them. We need a lot. So if you have a lot of ideas or you like the show, you send one every week. You just tweet it at us or Discord it. Like, we'd have a shit ton of prompts and that'd be bomb. You can tweet them at us at AMSC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. Or you can go to bit.ly slash AMFC Discord and post them in our prompt submission channel. Yeah, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Um, Jeff has a second podcast and a Patreon that you should be listening to and backing. Yes, you should. <laughs> that was phrased um, pretty shitty, but hey. <laughs> it happens. Um, you can... Uh, you can find my Patreon, patreon.com slash Jeff Stormer, which promotes the podcasts that I do, the games that I produce, all that kind of good stuff. You can also go to partyofonepodcast.com and listen to Party of One, which is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, uh, we share some laughs, a few tears, and we have a really good time. Boom. Um, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the OneShot Podcast Network. The OneShot Podcast Network is home to brilliant shows like Skyjacks, uh, System Mastery, Modifier, Backstory, Arms of the Tide, list goes on and on. You can't go wrong. Go to uh, OneShotPodcast.com and find anything you want there. Start just clicking his stuff, you know, and start browsing around. Explore. Oh, you can back my Patreon at uh, Patreon.com slash um, and schedule a voice lesson with me. Anyway uh verbal hug this week verbal hug this week sometimes it's okay to not be not like do a ton (laughs) please elaborate please elaborate like i agree completely you know i more than i as much as anybody uh, you know as somebody that does a lot of things like there are times when you're going to feel the impulse to when you feel the impulse to like do nothing and just kind of like kick back and relax and like unwind and, like, a lot of that is your brain telling you, like, hey, I need time. So, like, you know, if you feel that, give yourself that freedom to, like, do that. Give yourself that freedom to, like, unwind and do nothing and recharge your batteries because you're going to come away from that much healthier and happier than you were otherwise. 100%. And my verbal hug for you is if you've ever wanted to start doing something, like, there's always this pressure to put it online and get eyes on it. But, like, don't forget to, you can just, like, write it, have nobody fucking look at it, or just, like, trusted friends, listen to your pilot, see your script, you know, little things like that. Like, I'll be real, I am literally attempting to write some form of a tabletop thing. I have literally no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm not, like, sharing it yet. I'm just, like, just writing it and trying to see what I can do and what I'm capable of because I want to make that thing. Don't know what I'm doing, but I'm winging it, you know? And it's okay to do that. And if you're not comfortable with sharing it, you don't have to fucking do that or monetize it or do anything. But I, I encourage you to express yourself creatively without the pressure of turning it into a future big project or monetizing it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, and is that it? That's all we do? I think that's it. Yeah. Until next time, good night and, and good game. game. Everyone told me that it was time to move on, that it was time to find someone new, but I loved him.
and I knew he was still out there, waiting for me. When you love someone, you feel a tether between the two of you. So if he really were gone, I think I would have known. He was not your average traveling street magician. (laughs) He was strong. He was so strong. I loved it. But I knew he was still out there alive. And so I went looking. And let me tell you, looking is an understatement. I pretty much covered the entire map of fantasy looking for this boy. But I never gave up hope. Because I felt that tether. I felt our connection. It was still there. And then one day, I had to be walking near, gosh, what is it, Elk Orchard? Um, I bumped into a young girl. Was it just her? No, 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 no. It was a young girl and her mother, and they were coming the opposite way. And so I said hello, and, you know, waved, and told them what I was doing. I told everyone, just in case anybody had any semblance of an idea of what to do. Everyone told me the same thing, you know, keep on looking, or like, oh, I'm so sorry. But, you know, this, this, this pair was different. The young girl stopped dead in her tracks. She walked right up to me, clasped my hand, and said, Just over that mountain. She smiled and let go of my hand, and the pair kept on walking. And I know this sounds very dramatic, and believe me, it was very dramatic. So I turned and said, Like, which mountain? What will I see? How will I know? To which the mother replied, Oh, you you cannot miss it. It's very mystical. I had had a long journey, a long and arduous journey, full of difficulties, full of battles, But I have to say that this was the hardest part of the journey. They don't make this place easy to get to. I don't know why, but I guess because it is outside of time. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. But I made it. I got inside Paradox. And if you can believe this, he was there. He was there. It was just like I remember him. I was a little older and grayer, a little more frail... But he was just as beautiful as the day I left him. (laughs) You know, at first, this was a lot for me to take in because I was like, oh, how the hell is that fair? But it didn't matter. We were together, and we always would be. I think about that pair I met on the road a lot. And I wonder, to choose mortality. Well, at least they're traveling together.